the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Do you know that you are who you are? There's no pretension in you. Peacemakers cannot be peacemakers if they keep on insisting that they're more than what they really are. That causes trouble. That causes strife. You can't be any more than you are. Now, I'm not saying you can't get, you can't get better. I'm not saying you can't improve. But you've got to learn, and I've got to learn at some point, that the Bible says God created all of us in a way that, we will, that he will receive worship from us in some ways. In Isaiah, I forgot the verse. Don't prejudge me. But I created those who will give my name glory. In essence, that's what that passage in Isaiah. Perpetual gladness can only come through a growing, maturing relationship with Jesus. I wish I can give you a formula on how life works, but I don't have it. I wish I can give you the three steps to resolve all of the issues that you face at work. That boss of yours that is just sapping the last reserve nerve you have. That coworker that just gets to you all the time. You know, the situation at home. I wish I had, I wish I had the knowledge to do that. All I know is that peace that passes understanding comes from our relationship with Jesus. That's the best thing I can offer. Perpetual gladness can only come through that. And in your relationship, you know, can have peace, whatever it is, if you attach yourself to Jesus. There's trouble in the home. There's trouble anywhere. There's turmoil. You can't sleep at night. There's always all of these, you know, strife and anger and all of these things. You got to connect yourself to Christ. This is what Jesus said to his disciples in John chapter 15, verses 9 to 11. Jesus says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now, Jesus says, remain in my love. If you, kept, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. You, just as I have kept my Father's command and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Jesus said that. You want a complete joy? You want to resolve the issues? You, wanna be, you want peace in your life? You, you, you want this to really happen? Do you really, really want to have that kind of life that I promise you? Hook up to me. Hook up to me. Listen to what I say. Obey my command. Put me in your mind. Don't spend time on Facebook chatting with your friends. Spend time in my word. Stop doing this. Stop doing that. Oh, yes, very restricting, Pastor. I'm a very, very this and that. I'm fine with that. Do whatever you want. But you know what? If you don't connect yourself to the living vine, the vine that nurtures your soul day in and day out, let me tell you, you can, you can put a Band-Aid on that problem, but when, uh, when the wound is there, it'll eat up. It'll eat you up. It will never be true peace. Now, secondly... Not only are peacemakers perpetually glad. Secondly, they practice gentleness. You can't be a peacemaker if you're not a gentle person. Verse 5, Paul writes, Let your gentleness be evident 
to all. Why? Now, we skip again. Every time we, we read the Bible, you know, we skip the reason why. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. I'm going to explain what that means in a minute. The word used here for gentleness is the word forbearance, which means to hold up, to hold up, okay? Now, remember that word. That's what gentleness means. We are commanded by scriptures. If we are peacemakers, if we have peace, then we know how to hold up our anger. We know how to hold up our frustration. Mr. Anger wants to come out and give somebody a left hook. A gentle person holds him up. Stop in the name of love, he says, before you break my heart. You hold up that frustration. You hold up all of the, you hold up judgment. You know this thing, you know, you know this, this conflict things, you know, there's no gentleness. I, I guarantee you, you can be 101% correct in an argument. You can be 100%, 101%, 102% correct in an argument. But if there's no gentleness, it means nothing. You see, when we're right about something, we get to be so righteous, right? When I'm right, when arguing with my wife and I'm right, I'm righteous. I can't spell the word righteous, but I know I am. I'm telling you that now. We, 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 we need to hold that up. We need to forbear. We need to carry one another's burdens. To be gentle here means to be considerate. The opposite of considerate is contentious. Fight happens and peace disappears because we want our way. Especially when we're right. James, the book of James is not in your text. It says, where do quarrels come from? They come from inside you. Because you want something and you don't get it. And you pick up a fight. You, 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 you have something to say. And you want people to agree with you. You want people to receive what you're saying. And they're ignoring you and all of that. And you're ready to give them the left hook. You never knock them out. The Bible says, in the kingdom of God, we are to seek being peacemakers within our families, within the church. We can't achieve peace within the body of Christ if we have no testimony to the world that we can demonstrate the power of God because we have the peace of God living in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hey, do you believe that the Holy Spirit is present in this church? Do you, believe, do you even believe that? Do you believe that the Holy Spirit lives in you? He does. You know what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is gentle. Look at what Paul says to the Corinthians. Okay, I want you to, I want you to pay attention to this verse. Okay? Paul, Paul said, verse 29 of, I think it's 1 Corinthians um, chapter 4, verses 20 to 21. He says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk. Apparently, there are those who think that they can argue their way in the church at Corinth and they're, you know, they can debate and discuss and fight over certain things. Paul says, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of power. 
There's an awful lot of sin and transgressions among the believers in Corinth. And they even accuse Paul of, of being bold when he is writing, but he's timid when he's in person. But Paul understood what's really the problem and what the solution is. He said to them, what do you prefer? You're having some big problems. You have ha you're having some issues. What do you prefer? Paul says, shall I come to you with a rod of discipline? Do you want me to do that? Or shall I come to you in love with a gentle spirit? You have a choice. Now, now I'm, getting, I'm going somewhere with this. Let me ask you today. There are issues in your life. There's turmoil in your life. And you may or may not know where that problem is coming from or why it's there. Would you rather have someone come, judge you, and condemn you, or do you want someone to come to you with gentleness and love? Pick a pick. What? How do you want to handle that? How do you want to be handled in that situation? Now, I plead with you this morning. The Holy Spirit is gentle. He encourages us to walk the way of the Word of Christ. And Paul says, the Spirit of God is gentle. Now I want you to know, he's saying to the Philippians, you do not want to let it go any, more, any further, where you, what you're going through. You do not want to go any further. Why? Because if the Holy Spirit who is gentle cannot persuade you to walk in peace, you know what's going to happen? The rod of God's discipline is going to come. And Paul is saying, you do not want God to discipline you because when God disciplines those he loves, it's painful. It's devastating. I pray to God that no one receives that discipline in this church, at least not in my watch. I don't want it. Because as much as God loves us, when the rod of discipline hits, it's going to be devastating. I plead with you people. I do not enjoy visiting God's people in jails. I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy booking a reservation. So I can look at someone who could have prevented God's rod of discipline but refused. I don't enjoy going to the hospital and visiting people that God loves. But I know deep in my heart, God's hand of discipline has got a hold of them. You don't want that. I'm telling you, it's going to be painful. That's why Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to prevent that. Do you think God wants to discipline? Do you think God enjoys disciplining people? No. That's why he sent the Holy Spirit. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? I don't even know what that means, Pastor. I, don't I have the Holy Spirit? Are you filled with the Holy What does the, being filled with the Holy Spirit mean? What does it mean? People say, oh, the filled with the Holy Spirit is when you are, you know, singing worship and then all of a sudden it hits you like an electricity and then you fall all over the place. Oh, it's when you cry because you're so moved that all of that's good. But you know what being filled with the Holy Spirit is? You really know, want to know what that means? It means you yield your right of way to the leading of the Spirit. That's all it means. You're driving in an intersection. 
the Holy Spirit is coming this way. Instead of you going forward, you stop and you allow the Holy Spirit to move and you follow. That's what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Nothing more, nothing less. It means you yield your, your, your everything to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because Paul says, I want you to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. I want you to work out the solutions to your problem. I want you to do that. I want you to be serious about looking at your issues. Why? Paul writes in here, because the Lord is near. You know what that means? People say, oh, it means Jesus is coming back again. Yes, Jesus is coming back again. But in the context of Philippians, when Paul says, your gentleness should be evident to all because the Lord is near, it means Jesus is present. And when Jesus is present, you can't mock him. You need to listen to the Spirit of God because Jesus is not always going to give you the peace and a half sign and says, I'm going to take care of you. Not always. You can transgress so far and God loves you so much and he's near, he's going to do something about it. Paul says that to the church. He says, if somebody in the church is continually sinning, call a brother, talk to them, clean them up. If they listen, good. If they don't listen, call another person, straighten them up. If they don't listen, Paul says, give them to the devil. And the devil will take care of business. Only to bring that person back. This is serious business, people. This is not a joke when it comes to being peacemakers. We need to pursue it. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We go out of our way for peacemakers to make sure that we talk to each other with gentleness and with respect. So let me plead with you this morning. The Lord is near. Don't, don't, don't hesitate to call on the name of the Lord. And do this seriously. Paul says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. He's not talking about working to be saved. He's talking about work out a solution to what you're going through. Because when the rod of God's discipline comes in, you're not going to like it. You're not going to like it. <laughs> I, I, I heard a pastor to- tell this story one time you know, about a pastor who's praying. He's praying, oh, Lord. The church is so cold. There's so much sin inside the church. There's so much turmoil. People are cold spiritually. They're not coming to worship. There's contentions. There's divisions. There are cliques. Members are worldly. The, the, the family is disintegrating. Adultery is rampant. Fornication. They accept everything that's out there in the world. Lust, stripe, prayerlessness. Oh, Lord, we need your presence. And God says, don't let me come down there. You know, don't let God come down there. Sometimes we need to be careful what we pray for. You want God's presence? I'd rather have God's presence in the gentleness of the leading of the Spirit, to be filled with the Spirit of God, rather than for me to feel the presence of God in His discipline. But that's still up to you. I want this from Jesus. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, And I will give you rest. I like that. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am what? Gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I love that about Jesus. But did you know why Jesus said those words? Here's why. Just go up a few verses before that. Here's what Jesus says. 
Then Jesus began to denounce the towns in which most of His miracles had been performed because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For it is if for the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it will be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon on the day of judgment than you. And you, Capernaum, will you be lifted to the heavens? No, you will go down to Hades. For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Sodom, it would have remained to this day. But I tell you that it will be more bearable for Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. You know why Jesus says, come to me, those of you, I'm gentle and kind. Take the deal. Because if you don't, what happened? What I did to Sodom and Gomorrah? That's better than what I'm going to do if you don't. No, Pastor, I came to church so that I can be encouraged. I sure hope I'm encouraging you because I'm giving you the best solution to all the problems that you have. It's not a what, it's a who. His name is Jesus. You know who Jesus is? He's the author and perfecter of your faith. What does that mean? We think an author is someone who writes a book. No, an author is an authority. He's the boss. Either he runs your life or he doesn't. Now think about that for a moment. Peace is connected to the security and safety of life. You have no peace in your life. There's no security if there's no peace. There's no security. If not. Look at the Middle East. Houses are cheap. No one wants to move there. Why? Because there's no security. Houses in Afghanistan right now are coming down. Lots of bargains. But you're not moving there tomorrow, are you? Why? Because there's no peace. Because peace is connected to security. Paul says, Christ, the Spirit will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Why do we need to be peacemakers? Because peace is connected to safety and security. If you're walking in the middle of a dark alley, in the middle of a dark place on the street, and someone was following you, right? Very dark, you're, by, you're alone, and someone's following you. Wouldn't you be creeped out? I would be. I'm creeped out even if there's no one following me, let alone when someone's following me. But what if that person following you is a peace officer, police officer? Wouldn't you feel a sigh of relief? Why? Because the person represents peace. So in the midst of that darkness, oh, you don't have to be agitated or, or worried anymore because there's somebody there that represents peace. Now, peace is connected to security. Colossians 3, 15 to 17 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. That's what the Bible says. It's clear. Do you have peace? Are you a peacemaker? Is there something in your life that's causing you a lot of turmoil? Now there's a final point here. And that is, Peacemakers, one of the trademarks is that we are prayerful, prayerfully grateful. We are, our prayers are prayers of gratitude. Look at this. Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with what? Thanksgiving, gratitude. 
Present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Again, peace is connected to safety and security, and peace is also connected to gratitude, okay? If you are a peacemaker, you are a grateful person. If you are a grateful person, chances are you have peace in your life. It's not, uh, it's not something that we aspire to be. It's something that we are. Peace and gratitude are connected. I was about to read that Colossians 3.15. Let me do it now to 17. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body you were called to peace and be what? Thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, what? Giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Do you pursue peace? Are you a peacemaker? Is there something in you right now that's causing turmoil? I ask two questions to you this morning. Do you have peace with God? Do you need to be at peace with God? There's only one way to achieve that. Jesus can give you peace. And He can not only give you peace, but he can be a, you can be a peacemaker for your sake and for the sake of the glory of God. Will you stand this morning? We're going to pray. You know, as we, as we have gone through Philippians, I just realized how critical, how, how critical it is to, to really understand and know how to develop that worldview, you know? What in the world do you have to offer to the world if you yourself do not have peace? What, we, what, what, what can we offer to the world? Right? Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers because they shall be called children of God. Now, that's a big statement. I don't know how about you, but that's a big statement. I want to be called a child of God. How do I be, how am I called a child of God? I'm called a child of God because I put my faith in Jesus. What does that mean? What does that mean to you this morning to put your faith in Jesus? It means very simply that you surrender your life to the rule of Jesus. And what just does Jesus do? He gives you peace. Okay, well, I don't feel it. That's the problem. Being a Christian is not a feeling. It's a position, okay? Being a Christian is not something you feel. It's, it's something that, that God does to position you. The Bible says that you used to walk in darkness. Here's darkness. The Bible says, but Jesus, when you follow him, will put you in a position of light. How does that work, Pastor? It works through His Word. It works by faith. It works by believing what Jesus said. Believing means you follow what Jesus says. Believing without following is not believing at all. It's agreeing. I agree with you. I ain't gonna follow. I agree with you, but I'm not gonna follow. We do that all the time, don't we? Well, I agree with that, but I'm not going to follow that. But Jesus says, I have transferred you from darkness to light. Oh, I, not only that. I have transferred you from death to life. It's a position. 
It's not a feeling. Pastor, I don't feel saved. You know why you don't feel saved? Because positionally, you don't know where you stand. You got to know where you stand. You got to know. That's why we proclaim the Word of God. I have no wisdom to tell you what to do. I have no knowledge. Everything I know, I know because God said it. Okay. Well, the Bible is very thick. I don't want to read it. That's really where the problem is. See, that's the problem. That really is the problem. We never believed. We think we do. But we never did. I'm not speaking, I'm speaking to those of you who just never really believed in Jesus. Because if you believe in Jesus, Jesus says, this is what I said. Here's my word. Walk in it. A time will come when you and I have going to have to say we believe or we don't believe. Okay? The time to do that is right now. Skip the discipline. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.